Viewer discretion is advised. crazy world we live in, it's the madness that gains the most notoriety. Killers and victims alike live on in infamy due to the public's unnatural obsession with the heinous. Welcome to the Aftermath, where we try to take a look into the worldwide fascination behind these stories. Forgotten Story The DC Sniper Attacks, also known as the Beltway Sniper Attacks, were a series of coordinated shootings that occurred during a frightening three weeks, October 2002, throughout the Washington metropolitan area, consisting of the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia. Ten people were killed and three others critically wounded. Your mom is so fat, she raised a loser, loser. The backstory. The shootings. On February 16, 2002, a young cashier named Kenya Nicole Cook was shot and killed at the front door of her aunt's home in Tacoma, Washington. Why? 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 Cook's aunt, Issa Nichols, had been good friends with one of the sniper's wives and encouraged her to seek divorce. October 2nd, a sniper's bullet struck down a 55-year-old man in a parking lot in Wheaton, Maryland. By 10 o'clock the next morning, four more people within a few miles of each other had been murdered. Eat a dick. In total, the snipers killed 17 people and wounded 10 others in a 10-month span. Within days, the FBI had some 400 agents around the country working the case. The FBI's gonna get you! Then hotlines to report to. On August 1st, 2002, John Gaeta, 51, was changing a tire and was slashed by Malvo at a parking lot in Hammond, Louisiana. Malvo then shot him in the neck. The bullet exited through Gaeta's back and he pretended to be dead while Malvo stole his wallet. Gator ran into a service station after Malvo left and discovered that he was bleeding. He went to the hospital and was released within one hour. On March 1st, 2010, he received a letter of apology from Mr. Malvo. Oh, I'm sorry. September 5th, 2002, 10.30 p.m. Paul LaRuffa, a 55-year-old pizzeria owner, was shot six times at close range while locking up his Italian restaurant in Clinton, Maryland. Pizza! LaRuffa survived the shooting and his laptop computer was found in Muhammad's car when he and Malvo were arrested. Fucking stupid. On September 14, 2002, 22-year-old Pender Benny Abreri, an employee of the Hilldale Beer and Wine Liquor Store in Silver Springs, Maryland, was shot in the back outside of the store. Abreri survived the shooting. The shooting was officially linked to Muhammad and Malvo by the Montgomery County Police Department. While closing, Three Roads Liquor in Brandywine, Maryland, Rashid later identified Malvo as the shooter in court. September 21, 2002. 12.15 a.m. 41-year-old Million A. Walderman was fatally shot in the head and the back of the 22 caliber pistol in Atlanta, Georgia. Walter Merriam was helping the owner of the Sammy's Package Store close up for the night when the shooting occurred. 19 hours later on the same day, Claudine Parker, a 52-year-old liquor store clerk in Montgomery, Alabama, was shot in the chest and killed during a robbery. Her co-worker, 24-year-old Kelly Williams, was critically wounded with a shot through her neck. 
She survived. Evidence found at the crime scene eventually tied this killing to the Beltway attacks. Oops. And allowed authorities to identify Muhammad and Malvo as suspects. <laughs> Although this connection was not made until October 17th, almost four weeks later. Ballsy. Two times? Balls are not a toy. September 23rd, 2002, 6.30 p.m., 45-year-old Hong Il Ballinger was shot in the head and killed with a Bushmaster rifle in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Muhammad and Malvo were later linked to the killing. Please do not bend over because your ass crack smells like eggs. At 5.20 p.m. on Wednesday, October 2nd, 2002, 5.20 p.m., a shot was fired through the window of a Michael's Craft store in Aspen Hill, Maryland. The bullet narrowly missed Ann Chapman, a cashier at the store. Since no one was injured, the shot was assumed to be random. Damn it, missed. No serious alarms were raised. However, approximately one hour later at 6.30 p.m., James Martin, a 55-year-old program analyst at NOAA, was shot and killed at 2201 Randolph Road in the parking lot of Shoppers Food Warehouse Grocery Store, located in Wheaton. On the morning of October 3rd, four people were shot dead within a span of approximately two hours in Aspen Hill and other nearby stores in Montgomery County. Another was killed that evening in the District of Columbia. At 7.41, James Buchanan, a 39-year-old landscaper known as Sonny, was shot dead at 11411 Rockville Pike near Rockville, Maryland. Buchanan was shot while mowing the grass at the Fitzgerald Auto Malls. 8.12 a.m., a 54-year-old part-time taxi driver, Prem Kumar Watkar, was killed in Aspen Hill in Montgomery County while pumping gasoline into his taxi at a mobile station at Aspen Hill Road and Connecticut Avenue. 8.73 a.m., Sarah Ramos, a 34-year-old babysitter and housekeeper, was killed at 3701 Rossmore Boulevard at Leisure World Shopping Center in Norbeck. She had gotten off the bus and was seated on a bench reading a book at the time of, of, of her murder. 9.58 a.m., 25-year-old Lorianne Lewis Rivera was killed while vacuuming her Plymouth Grand Voyager at the Shell Station at the intersection of Connecticut and Knowles Avenue in Kensington, Maryland. The snipers waited until 9.20 p.m. before shooting Pascal Charlotte, a 72-year-old retired carpenter, while he was walking on Georgia Avenue at Calmia Road in Washington. Montgomery schools, District of Columbia schools, private schools, all went on a lockdown, with no recess or outdoor physical education classes. Other school districts in the area also took precautionary measures keeping students indoors. During the course of the shootings, law enforcement agencies from the neighboring states became embedded in investigation through telephone tips. Police had only a few pieces of evidence to work with. After the murder in Washington, D.C., witnesses began telling police that they had seen a blue Chevrolet Caprice rather than a white box truck, which was also reported to be seen. This was the kind of car both killers drove. The police initially believed that all of the murders were carried out with a 223 caliber rifle. On October 4th, 43-year-old homemaker Carolyn Sewell was wounded in the chest at 2.30 p.m. in a parking lot of another Michael's store at Spotsylvania Mall in Spotsylvania while she was loading her purchases into her minivan. By this point, hundreds of journalists had converged to cover the unfolding events. School officials reassured the public that they were taking every measure possible to protect the children wounded by tightening security and canceling outdoor activities. October 7th, 8.09 a.m., Iran Brown, 
a 13-year-old student, was shot in the chest and critically wounded outside of Tasker Middle School on 4901 Collington Road in Bowie, Maryland, in Prince George County. Brown's name was initially withheld from the public and later revealed. His Aunt Tonya Brown was a nurse who brought, brought him to school, and she rushed him to the emergency room. Despite sustaining serious injuries, including damage to several major organs, Brown survived the attack and ultimately testified at Muhammad's trial. At the crime scene, the authorities discovered a shell casing, as well as a tarot card, the death card of tarot cards, and it was inscribed with the phrase, quote, Call me God. End quote, quote, do not release this to the press, end quote. Despite police efforts to honor the request and not release the information about the card to the press, details were made public by WUSA-TV and then by the Washington Post just one day later. October 9th, 8.18 p.m., 53-year-old civil engineer Dean Harold Myers was shot dead while pumping gasoline at a Sunoco gas station at 7203 Sudley Road in Prince William County, Virginia, near the city of Manassas. On the morning of October 11th at 9.30 a.m., 53-year-old businessman Kenneth Bridges was shot dead while pumping fuel at an Exxon station off Interstate 90 in Spotsville County, Virginia. October 14th, 9.15 p.m., 47-year-old Linda Franklin, FBI intelligence analyst who was a resident of Arlington County, Virginia, was shot dead in a covered parking lot at Home Depot in Fairfax County, Virginia, just outside Falls Church at Seven Corner Shopping Center. The police received what seemed like a very good lead after the October 14th shooting, but it was later determined that the witness was inside Home Depot rather than outside at the time of the shooting, and he was lying. The witness, Matthew Dowdy, was subsequently convicted of interfering with the investigation. By this point, gas stations had begun to put tarps up to conceal their customers. Malvo and Muhammad didn't commit any more shootings for the next five days before striking. Jerk gas stations, not letting me kill people like I planned. On October 19th at 8 p.m., 37-year-old Jeffrey Hopper was shot in a parking lot near Ponderosa Steakhouse at State Route 54 in Ashland, Virginia, about 90 miles south of Washington, near Interstate 95. His wife, Stephanie, called out to a passerby who phoned for an ambulance, enabling Hopper to survive his injuries. Authorities discovered a four-page letter from the shooter in the woods that demanded $10 million and threatened children. October 22nd, a bus driver named Conrad Johnson, who was 35, was shot at 5.56 a.m., while standing on the steps at the 14100 block of Grand Prix Road in Aspen Hill, Maryland. Chief Moose released the part of the content of one of the shooter's letters in which he declared, your children are not safe at anywhere, anytime, end quote. Johnson died of his injuries. While his shootings occurred on October 23rd, the day is very significant because of two reasons. First, ballistic experts confirmed Johnson was the 10th fatality in the Beltway shootings. Second, in a yard in Tacoma, Washington, police searched with metal detectors for bullets, shell casings, and other evidence that might provide a link to the shooters. A tree stump believed to have been used for target practice was seized. The shooter attempted to engage police in a dialogue, compelling Moose to tell the media a cryptic message intended for the sniper. At several scenes of shootings, tarot cards were left as a calling card, including one death card upon for which was written written, quote, call me God, end quote, on the front and back three separate lines, the word, quote, for you, Mr. Police, code, call me God. Do not release to the press. This information was leaked to the press and misquoted often as I am God or some similar misquote of the actual words used on the tarot cards. At later scenes of crimes, 
The shooter left long handwritten notes sealed in plastic bags, including a rambling one that demanded $10 million and threatened the lives of children in the area. A telephone call from the shooter was traced to a payphone near Gasoline Station in Henrico County, Virginia. Police missed the suspects by a matter of a few minutes and initially detained occupants of a van at another payphone in the area. On the phone call, the sniper boasted about his cleverness, mentioning a previously unsolved murder in Montgomery. This was identified as the September 21st shooting at the liquor store in Montgomery, Alabama. On October 17th, authorities said they matched Malvo's fingerprint found at the Benjamin Tasker Middle School. I guess you could say Malvo was a dumb motherfucker. Police discovered that the New Jersey license plate number issued for Mahama's 1990 Chevrolet Caprice had been checked by radio patrol cars several times near the shooting locations in various jurisdictions in several states. But the car had not been stopped because law enforcement computer networks did not indicate that it was connected to any criminal activity and they focused exclusively on the white van. October 3, 2002, police in Washington, D.C. stopped a caprice for a, quote, minor traffic infraction, end quote, two hours later, prior to the shooting of Pascal Charlotte. Witness later re- reported seeing a caprice near the scene of his shooting. Here comes the end. Prepare yourself for a gigantic moron alert. October 17th, a caller claiming to be the sniper phoned in to say, in a bit of a tease, nah, nana boo stick your head in doo-doo. The caller claimed, that he was responsible for the murder of two women. Actually, only one was killed during the robbery of liquor store in Montgomery, Alabama a month earlier. October 24th, Muhammad and Malvo were arrested in Maryland. Here's how the investigation played out. Investigators learned that a crime similar to the one described in the call had in fact taken place and that the fingerprint and ballistic evidence were available for the case. Paramorons. An agent from the FBI office in Mobile, Alabama, gathered the previously stated evidence and quickly flew to Washington, D.C., arriving Monday evening, October 21st, while ATF handled the ballistic evidence. The FBI took fingerprint evidence to the FBI laboratory. The following morning, the FBI fingerprint database produced a match. A magazine dropped at a crime scene bore the fingerprints of Lee Boyd Malvo from a previous arrest in Washington. We now had a suspect. You're in trouble. The arrest record provided another important lead, mentioning a man named John Allen Muhammad. One of the FBI agents from Tacoma recognized that name from a tip called in to his office on the case. A second suspect? Oh my. The FBI worked with ATF agents and revealed that Muhammad had a Bushmaster 223 rifle in his possession, a federal violation since he had been served with a restraining order to stay the hell away from his ex-wife that enabled the FBI to charge him with federal weapons violations, and Malvo was clearly connected. The FBI and ATF jointly obtained a federal material witness warrant for him. The legal papers were now in the FBI's hand. Meanwhile, on October 22nd, they searched the criminal records database and found that Muhammad had registered a blue Chevy Caprice with a license plate numbered NDA-21Z in New Jersey. That description was given to the news media and shared far and wide. The crime spree came to an end at 3.15 a.m. on October 24, 2002, when Muhammad and Malvo were found sleeping in their car at a rest stop. Dumb son of a bitches. Off of Interstate 70 near Myersville, Maryland, and were arrested on federal weapons charges. Police were tipped off by two 911 calls from individuals at the rest stop. The aftermath. While imprisoned, Malvo wrote a number of erratic diatribes about what he termed jihad against the United States. Quote, I have been accused on my mission. Allah knows I'm going to suffer now. 
Quote. Because of his rants and drawings featured not only such figures as Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein, but also characters from the film The Matrix. What the shit? These musings were dismissed as immaterial. Some investigators reportedly said they had eliminated terrorist ties to the political ideologies as a motive. Nonetheless, in at least one more ensuing murder trials, a Virginia court found Muhammad guilty of killing, quote, pursuant to the direction or order of terrorism, end quote. In 2006, the trial of Muhammad began. Malvo testified that the aim of the killing spree was to kidnap children for the purpose of extorting money from the government and to, quote, set up a camp to train children how to terrorize to cities, with the ultimate goal being to, quote, shut things down across the United States. What the? That's just stupid. In September 23rd, 2003, Muhammad was sentenced to death, and in October, Malvo, a juvenile, was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences without parole. In October 2005, the Supreme Court ruled Roper v. Simmons that the Eighth Amendment prohibits executions for crimes committed when under the age of 18. On May 30, 2006, a Maryland jury found John Allen Muhammad guilty of six counts of murder in Maryland. In return, he was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences without parole. June 1, 2006, Muhammad and his legal team respond by fighting extradition to Maryland. Muhammad's legal team was ultimately unsuccessful, and the extradition was ordered by a Virginia judge in 2005. On September 16, 2009, a circuit court judge, Mary Grace O'Brien, set an execution date by lethal injection in November 10, 2009. His attorneys petitioned the U.S. Supreme Court to stay his execution. It was denied. They also requested clemency from the Virginia governor, Tim Kaine, but that was denied as well. Serves him fucking right. Muhammad was executed by lethal injection, and in my opinion, it shouldn't have been lethal injection. It should have been a firing squad. At the Greenville Correctional Facility in Jarrett, Virginia, on November 10, 2009, the execution procedure began at 9.06 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Muhammad was pronounced dead five minutes later. It was reported that when asked if he had any last words, Muhammad made no reply. Twenty-seven people, including victims and family members, witnessed the execution. A memorial to the victims of the D.C. area sniper attacks is located at Brookside's Garden in Wheaton, Maryland. An additional memorial was constructed in 2014 in the government plaza of Rockville, Maryland. So what was the underlying reason for this whole spree? John Muhammad was devastated when he lost his children to his ex-wife Mildred. <coughs> for Brandy Eldridge, this is Dan Hudson. Thanks for listening to The Aftermath. Catch you next time.